Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling, and I will be with you for the next 20 or 25 minutes as we have a great chat about another one of those wonderful topics relating to multifamily real estate investing. This one's titled, What's So Special? And by that, we mean, what is it about the asset you are invested in, whether again, it's with a firm like Mara Poling, or whether it's a property that you own yourself, what's so special about that property? And that's what we wanna spend a little bit of time on today. As always, if you have questions as you are listening, feel free to shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com. That's M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And you can always swing by the Learning Center at marapoling.com and check out some of the material we have there, past webinars that are recorded. Our new webinar series is getting ready to launch. And there's also some great material you can download there if you'd like, as well as set some time up to have a chat with me on the phone if you'd like to discuss becoming a part of Mara Polling as one of our clients, or if you'd simply like to learn more about multifamily real estate investing. So what's so special? And what, what do we mean about that? Why is, why is this a topic that has anything to do with multifamily real estate investing? So when we invest in real estate, apartment buildings, right? Uh, we talk a lot about the fact that we're buying a tangible asset, right? It's a thing you can go touch. And the supply demand imbalance in multifamily real estate, the fact that there's relatively little, honestly, almost no new supply coming into that class B space that we invest in. And we have all this demand from baby boomers and millennials and uh, immigration and population growth and the decline in home ownership and all sorts of factors that are putting pressure on the multifamily space. And without any new supply, what happens when supply and demand are imbalanced is we get prices that go up and that's, that's good for the investor, right? So we've talked about that, a lot of real estate kind of stuff. When we purchase an asset, uh, our most recent acquisition, 100 units in the medical center submarket of San Antonio, very happy about it, was just down there with the team uh, over the last week or two, and uh, transition team's doing a great job. We're very excited about where the asset is and how it's moving forward. And all of those great things that are real estate-y, if you will, about it, that's not really what we invested in. We didn't really invest in real estate, if you, if you will. You need to think of it as though we invested in a business. We purchased a small business, a business that makes money by renting living quarters to people and has expenses associated with that, like property taxes and insurance and uh, common area maintenance and those kinds of things. And when it's done, has earnings that can be distributed to the shareholders that bought that business, right? Um, so part of what we need to do when we think about managing real estate and investing in real estate is put a business hat on and think about it from the standpoint of this is a business we invested in. 
yes, all those other things are absolutely true. And one of the reasons that we love multifamily is all of those things we talked about, supply, demand, imbalance, and so on. And we need to think about it in terms of it's a business. So if we're going to run it as a business, we want to be differentiated from the rest of the marketplace. And what I mean by that is this, is we don't want to become commoditized. We, we don't want to be thought of as a commodity. Now, uh, depending upon the level of experience you have and uh, how involved you are in investing and so on, you might be thinking commodity like, oh, you mean like gold or silver or oil futures or <laughs> something like that. And yes, those are commodities. Um, the, the definition of a commodity, commodity, pardon me, is uh, essentially a good or a service in which it's indistinguishable from who produced it. Um, if, if you did buy a, a piece of gold bullion, you don't know or really care where it came from, uh, you know, how it was mined, uh, who owned it, and the price you pay for it is a function of what the cost of gold is that day. It's, it's got enough, there's really not anything else to it. Now, if you're buying a piece of jewelry, that's different, right? Because it's been non-commoditized, right? It's been, it's been changed and transformed. And now you're not really buying a piece of gold, although it's still gold, you're buying it because there's other attributes to it. So if someone's out looking for a place to live, much like if they were out looking for a car, and there are people that just want cars and people that just want a place to live, then the marketplace does look like a lot of commodities. Gee, there's a place I can live, there's a place I can live, or that's a car, that's a car, that's a car. Gee, they're all kind of the same. And if everything's the same, then you're really gonna be driven a lot more by simply the economics, the price of it. You're not really gonna be looking at the uh, other aspects because they, they really don't matter to you because you're looking at it as a commodity. That's not the way most folks go about thinking about where they live. Uh, they're looking for and interested in uh, certain uh, aspects, certain characteristics. There are certain things they're looking for. So when you have a property, and this is true for those of you that are uh, individual investors and you've got a duplex that you own or you and your uh, uh, in-laws or your best friend from college or what have you, you've pulled some money together and you, you folks went and bought a fourplex and you're looking at managing it all the way up to the 200, 300, 400 unit properties that we own and manage and that our investors are, are a part of. Uh, you wanna be looking for how you can differentiate yourself in the marketplace. And so what I want to talk about are the items that we have experience with that, um, that we get a lot of great feedback from our um, tenants on. Uh, and part of that is people come to the office and say, oh, I love what, this, what you've done, or I love that this property has this feature. Um, the way you really get feedback, because that's nice that people say those things, the way you really get feedback is, one, people will lease property from you, right? They'll come in and they'll sign a lease and they'll sign it at what we have set as the market rate. And two, if they already live there, they'll renew and they'll renew with a 
fairly nice increase on it because they are realizing the value associated with these improvements. If somebody says they're really nice and, oh, gee, I, lo I love the yards. I love that you folks have yards, but they don't sign a lease. Well, they didn't really love the yards that much, did they? Um, so, uh, so the ones I want to share with you are the items that, in our experience, uh, they will drive lease up and they will drive rent increases and they will drive uh, a strong renewal uh, activity. So uh, again, some of these may or may not be applicable to your individual property if that's how you invest. For any of you that are thinking about investing with either Mara Poling or a firm like Mara Poling, uh, I would encourage you to understand how that sponsor uh, employs these strategies, what differentiates their assets, because uh, if you're not differentiated, then you're just competing on price, which means you're going to have a hard time moving rents. Your rents might be going up because everybody's are going up, but when they start to soften, well, yours will soften too, unless you've got a differentiator, and that's really where you want to be. So I actually just mentioned one a moment ago, and that is yards. Uh, having a yard or a courtyard or some dedicated outside space, and I would sequence them in that order, a yard being best, meaning some grass that's fenced, a courtyard, so it might be a patio that's got a fence around it, uh, or some kind of outdoor space, which could include uh, balconies if, if it's a second floor um, unit. Um, those, are, those are great amenities. One of the reasons they're great amenities is people simply like having additional space, right, to live, some outdoor space, that's wonderful. Uh, the biggest reason is pets. Pets are a big deal when it comes to uh, differentiating yourself. There are many properties that will not allow pets or that will only allow certain types of pets or have significant restrictions on the size or breed and so on and so on and so on. And those are decisions uh, that you have to make and that we make on a regular basis about each of our properties in terms of uh, how many pets would somebody be allowed to have? What size could they be? Uh, are there going to be breed restrictions and, and so on and so on? Being pet friendly is a very good business decision. Uh, people love their pets, as they should. I love my pets. Um, and uh, they will move to a very specific property if they can get the amenities that will make their life and their pet's life better. So having yards uh, and some of the other features that we may talk about uh, is a very big uh, bonus and tenants will pay pet rent. They'll pay pet deposits. They'll pay a higher base rent on the unit simply to start with because it's worth it in the same way that when somebody buys uh, a car uh, with uh, a navigation system in it as opposed to without or one that's got Bluetooth for their phone. Gosh, this sounds, I'm dating myself. This stuff a few years ago were, were differentiators. Now they all have them. Uh, maybe, maybe it's the self-driving features today versus not. Um, but if that's a feature you really want, you're, gonna, you're, be, you're willing to pay a premium for it as opposed to uh, a more basic uh, uh, vehicle from that standpoint. Okay, so yards. Um, another is attached garages. We have properties that have attached garages. We have properties that have covered parking, and we have properties that don't have either of those. Properties, in our experience, that have covered parking, that's a valuable amenity. People like being able to park and get out of their car 
and not get wet when it's raining. They'd like their car to be protected from the sun, from the wind, from stuff that falls out of trees, for, from hail, if it's a severe area where there's severe weather. Um, and people really like garages, especially if they're attached to their home. It, because it really does now make this apartment a home. It's a big transition. It's very nice to be able to pull into your garage, get out of your vehicle, go into your house, move your groceries, take your bags from work, whatever it might happen to be, and do it all in the comfort of your own home. Uh, attached garages are a real value. Uh, another uh, is having the ability to write one check for all your living expenses. So the industry term for this is an all bills paid property, meaning the tenant writes a check every month and us, the property owner, we not only receive that as their rent, but that also compensates us for their utilities because we pay the utility bill. So we pay the electric bill, we pay the water bill. Uh, if there's a gas bill, um, that's included as well. Um, why do that? Why take on the risk of, gee, they could they could use as much electricity or as much water as they want, and um, you know we could get stuck with a big bill. So one, uh, in all the properties that we're involved in, have all bills paid. Um, it's a very smart thing to involve, uh, pardon me, to uh, deploy uh, energy conserving uh, fixtures and features. So LED lighting. Uh, energy efficient appliances, uh, low flow plumbing fixtures. Uh, those are good things to install and they're financially good decisions. Being all bills paid can be a real differentiator in particular because it's much more common to see an all bills paid property in a C grade asset. It's not a very common uh, attribute in a B grade asset and there are absolutely tenants that uh, in particular maybe are single uh, or simply have a lot going on in their life and the simplicity of, great, I can write one check and for that one check, I get my entire living experience taken care of. Um, and there can be value that you realize from, um, from doing that. So that's another one. Um, clearly upgraded interiors, that's a big part of our value add program. Uh, people will pay additional dollars to live in a unit with upgraded flooring, with new appliances, with attractive lighting, paint, so on. Um, some of our properties have uh, uh, three-tone paint, even four-tone paint, so accent walls and the like. Um, like I said, LED fixtures, upgraded um, uh, plumbing, uh, bathroom fixtures, and uh, so on. Uh, and those interiors are definitely um, a, um, a value. The uh, location of the asset. So the old location, location, location component of real estate. Well, where is it? If, if you were in the um, uh, convenience store business, right? If we were all gonna go buy a convenience store together, wouldn't we care where it was? Not just the market it's in, but like, what street corner is it on and how do you get in and out of it and how much parking is there and all the other things that go into that because locations are really big deal. Well, that's the same for an apartment building. That's the same for an investment in this kind of a business. Uh, not just is it in a neighborhood that has good schools and that's safe, that's 
part of the criteria we use in selecting submarkets. Um, but how far away is the school? Is the school literally right across the street? Uh, so every day there's going to be a line of 75 cars out there as moms or dads come by to pick up their kids after school. Uh, or is it um, two blocks away uh, and walkable? Or is it a mile away and you've got to drive? Is there is the bus route right there? Is the city bus route right there? Is there a transit station nearby? And all of those things I've just described are, are attributes we have at many of our uh, many of our properties. Uh, one of our assets uh, is um, is near a university, and the university has a bus system that they run in the local area. And not only are we right on that bus line, um, but we're the last stop before you get back to school. So it's a it's an ideal location from that standpoint. So uh, the location relative to those kind of features, that's another differentiator uh, that you can work with. The size of the floor plan, you know, is it a, um, is the average size of the units 700 square feet, 750, or is it a thousand square feet? That's a big difference. I've always thought that, um, uh, square footage has to get close to a, a room size, a the incremental square footage, before it can be um, sensed by someone. So if, if you had two tenants that walked into one of our properties, for example, and they walk into one unit and it's a, a two-bedroom unit and it's 800 square feet, and they walk into another unit and it's a two-bedroom unit and it's 835 square feet, I would doubt that if you asked them which one was bigger, they'd be able to tell you. Now, if they walked from an 800 into one of our units that's maybe a thousand square feet, and we do have large two bedrooms in some of our properties, um, you'd absolutely know. There wouldn't necessarily be an extra room like a den or something, but you would definitely walk in and go, wow, this bedroom is a lot bigger or this living room is a lot bigger or the kitchen or whatever it might happen to be. So size of the floor plan is a differentiator. Uh, large floor plans um, work great if you're servicing a, a roommate style uh, community, right, where you're going to be attracting individuals that uh, are not related and are not coupled, but they're, they're moving in, right, maybe it's a dual master uh, kind of setup. Uh, young couples that are getting started, even families, right, um, maybe just before you get to a townhome. Um, another, and this is probably the first item on the list that I would list um, if I was talking to folks about our differentiations, would be um, washer dryers. Uh, the ability to have a washer dryer in the unit, actually having a washer dryer in the unit, not just the hookups, but supplying those as well, um, that's huge. People hate do doing laundry. Nobody likes going down to the laundry room in the apartment building. Worse yet, nobody likes throwing it in their car and driving to a laundromat because the laundry room in the building is always busy or broken or whatever it might happen to be. So having washer dryer hookups are great. Now, some of these items you can add to a property, right? Some of our improvements are upgraded interiors and uh, washer dryers, right? And uh, yards. It's awfully expensive to build garages and attach them Tr really not an option except in extreme situations um, you could convert a property to, to an all bills paid 
that's rare that you see that. It's much more common that you'll purchase an asset that is all bills paid and you simply keep it that way and optimize it. Um, but you can't move a property. <laughs> you can't move it closer to the schools uh, or to transit. Um, you can't make floor plans larger. They're, they're the size that they, uh, that they are. So some of these things are baked in at the beginning. Some of these differentiators are something you may be able to add later. So, um, so what's so special? Well, th these things are all special, but you're not getting any value out of them if you're the only one that knows that. So you have to have an execution plan in which you're not only uh, touting these differentiators to the public so that people know what you have to offer, um, but at the same time, when people come to your property to take a look, you, you've got to point these things out when you're doing a, a tour. So when a prospective tenant goes online and looks at one of our assets, they're going to see these amenities, not just a list, but photos and 3D video walkthroughs and all those sorts of things. And when they come to the asset for a tour, they're not simply going to be walked to a, a model and said, here, take a look. When you're going through that model, you're pointing out, oh, look at the yard you have here. Oh, do you have a pet? Oh, that's wonderful. We have a, we, we allow pets. Um, you could have this many. You can have them at this size. Did you notice the attached garage? Did you happen to notice that in this asset, it's uh, we cover all of your utilities? So it's very simple for you. You just write one check every month or notice all the upgraded interiors. You know, you won't find microwaves in the in the comparable uh, neighborhood um, transits right across the street. So, you know, you've got a covered parking space or you've got a garage, but you can uh, hop on transit right uh, next door if you don't want to uh, drive. Uh, here's our floor plan uh, list for you. Here's the uh, descriptions of them. Note that ours on average are 150 square feet uh, larger than uh, the competition, that's an entire room that you're getting uh, for extra. You get a washer dryer that you won't see elsewhere. So talk those things up. If, if again, if you've got a fourplex that you're managing uh, yourself uh, and it has some of these amenities, you want to be talking those up. We do that absolutely at, uh, at our properties. You, you want to get differentiated. You don't want to be a commodity. Now, there are tenants customers that don't care about any of that. They simply need a place to live and the dollar is the most important thing to them. So they're going to find the property that has the bare minimum requirements to them. I need a kitchen and a bathroom and a room to put my bed in. So I'm, I'm okay even with a studio, but I want to spend as little money as possible. And I, I don't care about covered parking. I don't care about transit. Um, I just want to be in this general area. And if that's what they're looking for, then your property is in the mix along with a whole bunch of others. That is not the traditional tenant, right? Most tenants don't look like that. Most tenants either ha they have a pet or uh, they have a lot of stuff and the, and the garage is going to be something that's interested to them. Um, they're looking for something maybe a little longer term more like a home, so the upgraded interiors. Um, again, it might be a couple of roommates, and so a larger floor plan, uh, and they're sharing the rent, so it, it works out a little better for them. Uh, so point out those uh, 
special elements, those differentiators, because each property is special. And there's a way to communicate that to the community that ultimately does drive value. You will see higher rents, we do. You will see greater operating income, we do. And when you do come to the time that you are going to uh, sell this asset and do an exchange and, and roll up to a different asset, you've got a wonderful story to tell prospective buyers because they're going to be looking for that same differentiation in terms of, well, what's so special about this property? Why should I not only consider purchasing this, but why should I pay the kind of money you think it's worth? And having these elements in place is a big part of how you make that work and demonstrating that those differentiators have driven and continue to drive financial value. So look at your assets. If you're working with us or someone like us, look at the assets that you're investing in there. Ask these questions about what's so special so you can understand a little better about the business model around how those assets are managed. If there's anything I hit on today that you've got a either a different opinion on or maybe one you'd like to add to that list, again, shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com. M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, please uh, join us again uh, next week for another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling.